Welcome to A Slice of Orange. I'm Jody Balma, and today I'm talking with physicist, retired pastor, and social and economic justice advocate Ron Baszler about what's at stake in this election. Baszler has led Habitat for Humanity trips to El Salvador, Guatemala, Brazil, Vietnam, Romania, and others. Um, wherever he goes, he listens to, tells, and writes stories, including five books. Seeing the people struggle has helped him more deeply appreciate the rights and opportunities we have in this country and realizes how fragile our democratic institutions really are. Um, although alarmed, he's not a defeatist. Uh, and, and his quote, the 2022 elections will determine the fate of our democracy. We're lucky that Southern California includes Orange County with several competitive districts, which could tip the balance in Congress and change the fate of our nation. Your vote matters. So today we're going to talk to Ron about why this year's election is crucial, how you can inform yourself, where you can vote to make a difference. Let's get started. So welcome. I'm here with Ron Baszler today, and we're talking about what's at stake in this election. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jody. I'd like to start with a little personal story. Sure. Um, eight weeks ago at 9.30 in the morning, bright sunny day, uh, my five-year-old grandson and our two small dogs, you can hear one of them barking now, were playing in our backyard and suddenly two coyotes jumped over the fence, uh, grabbed our little Pomeranian dog, killed it, and escaped back over the wall. And uh, it was a horrifying experience. Oh. Lots of tears, lots of yeah. tears. So now we, here's the story. We've lived 20 years in this house and we'd heard stories about coyotes killing pets. We thought that we thought we were safe. We were warned, but we thought, well, our walls and our trees will protect us. We were warned, but we didn't hear the, heed the warnings until it was too late. So the reason I tell that story is the question is, what's at stake in this election? Well, I think you need to take action before it's too late. Um, I think our democracy is at stake and we need to take action. I believe, you know, we need to heed the threats to democracy. And we need to vote to keep our democratic system intact. And I really believe the way we vote in this election, the candidates we elect, are going to determine whether we will strengthen our democracy or we will endanger the very foundations of our democracy. So that's how I'd, I'd respond to that. Yeah, and, and so to put that into concrete action, you know, what, what do people need to be aware of? What is the warning that people are not heeding? What, what is the warning that, that is on the ballot? Well, I, if I could, if I could start with another story, yeah. <laughs> uh, the first warning, I would say there was a commentary I heard on, on a radio station the other day, sociologist from Ukraine. And since my daughter's a sociologist, of course I listen, but she, this sociologist interviewed thousands of Ukrainians, and she said that 0% of the people she talked to were indifferent about the future of their country. That means nobody. Huh? Everybody, everybody she talked to was very concerned uh, about the direction of their nation. And obviously, no one was indifferent because they saw the crisis before us. So that's, that's really what really is impelling me. Do we see the crisis before us? Uh, I mean, how many people in this country are indifferent about our nation's political future? I mean, they don't. Even, how many people don't even bother to vote or think right. that voting doesn't matter? So, you know, I would say 
look, our country is founded on a democracy, but it doesn't simply happen. Democracy doesn't simply happen. It is constructed and preserved uh, by our actions, by our institutions, and it only works if we choose to, to, uh, to respect the rule of law and the institutions set up to maintain it. It only works if the people of this country choose candidates who will uphold the law and keep our institutions strong. So what one of the concerns I have is that, well, most of the people in today's GOP stay silent or they defend Trump's conspiring to overturn the 2020 election. Uh, they stay silent or they defend his involvement in the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Uh -huh. And, and you know, again, we, we I saw the news again today. They, they stay silent or defend his on mishandling of highly classified national security documents. So, you know, there's 299 Republican nominees running for office in the House and the Senate and statewide office that have denied or questioned the outcome of the last presidential election. Um, and they're taking positions that support populism and authoritarianism and nationalism. And when we need to vote, and when we vote in a few weeks, we need to vote for candidates that respect and support our most fundamental uh, democratic institutions. So that's that's kind of what's yeah. got me going. Yeah. And, and, and that report, you know, about 299 election deniers on the ballot is, yeah. uh, you know, the, the biggest warning that we could possibly have. And, and I think particularly for, you know, we're, we're in Orange County. I, you know, many of my friends are, are good Republicans who are conservatives right. and, and have never voted for a Democrat. And yeah. it, it yeah. really is crucial because it's not just about your candidate. It's about control yes. of the house of representatives. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sure. control for, for us, um, it really is about having to make a choice between the direction of this country and right. what happens if those election deniers are secretaries of state and election officials and in the House to certify uh, uh, the elections. So it's a really concerning yes. warning. For sure, for sure, for sure. And Ron, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is that you've traveled extensively with Habitat for Humanity, with trips to, to countries that, that have failed governments, who right, have right. had problems with you know, El Salvador and Guatemala, Brazil, Paraguay, Vietnam, Romania, um, you know, all over the world that you have worked with Habitat for Humanity and, and clearly seen and talked to people there. So, so what have you learned about failed governments from your experience traveling? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I would I want to emphasize this is not tourist traveling because when you travel as a tourist, you don't spend much time. Yes, like I lived I lived in Brazil for eleven years, and when I arrived, the country had been under military rule since 1965, and it, the military kept insisting the people weren't ready for democracy. Uh, you know that's that's a Correct. somehow authoritarian governments always say that well the people aren't ready so we'll. Well, anyway, while we were there, gradually the military relinquished power and allowed elections to happen, first on a local level, then a regional or state level, and finally a national level. And the process was slow and it was messy. And I remember one man saying to me, oh, what we need here in Brazil is a dictator, but he's got to be a nice dictator. And so, you know, I started thinking about that. When democratic institutions disappear, restoring them is very hard. 
it's very hard work. It's maybe impossible for generations to come. And like this man, some people think it's easier to let someone else do your thinking for you. Um, but I got to thinking, if the only thing standing between you and deep trouble is, is your hope that the dictator is nice, uh, <laughs> you're in deep trouble. Deep right. Trouble. Right. Um, and, uh, and I think Americans in particular, and, and, and certainly, you know, my generation and, and above, you know, have been taught with this American exceptionalism, the, right. the idea of the city on the hill, that we are the ones who export democracy, that we are somehow immune from yes. the authoritarian failed state realities. And, and I think that um, we've had to reckon with. Yeah. The reality that our democracy is fragile and far more fragile than we ever expected. Oh, you know, and I, you know, there's a couple of, if you look at Brazil right now, uh, you can see how, how democracies often are, they're perverted from the inside. It's not as if somebody outside comes and throws overthrow. You look at Brazil right now that there is an elected president. He's, he's trying to get reelected. And he says, if I don't get reelected, I'll call out the military. Yeah. And you look at, at, at Nicaragua, where uh, I did some immersion experience there, and Daniel Ortega, who was, uh, he was a, clearly a liberator, uh, helped overthrow a dictator, got elected president. But since that time, in 2006, when he was elected, now he's, he's stifled dissent, imprisoned opponents, persecuted journalists, closed universities. And maybe even the scariest right now is what's happening in Hungary. Yes. Uh, you know, Viktor Orban, uh, he he was elected, but he has manipulated and he's destroyed independent media. He's appointed judges that toe the line. Uh, he's taken the country from democracy to what you call democracy-ish. And, right. And, you know, Trump and the MAGA movement have studied his methods and they've invited him, brought him to speak at their gatherings. Mm -hmm the conservative political action conference in August down in Dallas. So right. if for me, it's clear. It's not, it's simple. It's not simply enough having the right to vote. You need to consider the values and the principles and the platforms of the people you're voting. For, huh? Right. 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 I mean, I think, you know, it, it, it's not, it's not automatic. Huh? Uh, we can lose yeah. our democracy. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's happened, you know, it's happened in other countries and it could happen here. Um, you know, Schiff, Adam Schiff said this at, at the close of his his, uh, his January 6th hearing, the, the fourth one. He said, we've been blessed beyond measure to live in the world's greatest democracy. It's a legacy to be proud of and to cherish, but it's one we can't take for granted. Mm -hmm. That we live in democracy for more than 200 years doesn't mean we can have it tomorrow. That, that's, right. That, that's right. True. You know, it could go away. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's been it's been sort of frightening to watch. Um, you know, conservatives who certainly during the Cold War were, were opposed to these authoritarian regimes and and now celebrating Putin and, you know, authoritarian regimes across the world and and wanting the strongman leader um, that 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 really have dismantled democracy. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so I, I guess that's the, the next question is. What is the Republican Party without Trump? Can they break away from that hold? Oh, you know, I, I know plenty of people, uh, including people in my extended family who who uh, have identified with the Republican Party in the past. 
you know, but the values and the principles that they supported, so many of them have shoved aside by the MAGA group. Um, you know, I, I think it's important to have more than one voice in the political arena. I mean, you need debate, you need discussion, uh, you need people willing to do the hard work of, uh, of hammering out consensus. But I don't know, as long as the Republican Party kowtows to Trump, I, I, don't, I don't know if it can happen. And I've heard some of my conservative friends and family say that they don't see a future for the Republican Party as long as Trump holds sway. I, you know, I, they, they yeah. think it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a long, hard downward road, downward road. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it's hard because it, certainly they're not going to become Democrats. No, no. And, and they they have you know their, their conservative principles. They believe in those things that attracted them to the Republican Party. And so the question then is, what happens when your party leaves you? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. And, and we've seen that in in decades past, where political parties shift priorities and and sort of a realignment when we talk about political science. Um, but but it is really difficult for voters, you know, to to not vote for the Republican on the ballot, which is what we've trained in a partisan polarized right. society to right, do. Right, 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 right. Yes, that's right. That's right. We've, you know, you kind of just close your eyes and mark the ballot, but you can't do that this year. Can't do it. Yeah. 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 So switching our focus to California and our our day to day lives. Um, What's happening to our democracy on the national level and in red states really affects our day-to-day -day lives here in California. Um, and, and so talk a little bit about that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we can't, we can't uh, deny the fact we belong to the nation <laughs> and whatever, you know, what goes on uh, on a national level will, will affect us. I mean, you just look at some of the, uh, uh, the current opinions that are coming out of the Supreme Court, for example. Uh, you know, overturning Roe versus Wade, and and uh, you know, one of the justices, Justice Justin Thomas, Justice Thomas, talking about revisiting uh, gay and interracial marriage decisions, and then there's this. Well, he didn't he didn't say interracial marriage as he's in one. Ah, okay, okay. I'm sorry about that. Thank <laughs> you for correcting me. And contraception. Yes, the right to right. contraception. Was that's right. Yes, he is in an interracial marriage. That yeah, yes. that would done. Um, yeah, definitely stay away from that one. Uh, and then, you know, there's this this case involving the independent state legislature theory, which uh, I'm not sure of all the details, but it certainly could overturn democratic elections nationwide. I mean, those are just some small examples of how national effect, national uh, decisions yeah. will come to us, uh, you know, and our, our votes will matter here. Yeah. And, and it, it was, you know, discouraging. Um, you talk about the people who didn't show up and, and certainly in 2016, we saw more registered voters who didn't vote than yeah. those who voted for either Trump and Clinton. Right. And just these massively important elections here in California, yeah. you know, I think because we are protected a little bit, we feel insulated from the national politics. But right. in June, in the June election, 73% um, of the people who cast a ballot were 50 years old or older. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like our young people who are, you know, certainly aware of social justice, that are certainly aware of, of, of national politics, who are against police brutality, who want equality, all of those things, and yet they don't see the connection between that and their ballot. Yeah. And if they don't feel threatened, like the folks, the young people in Kansas that showed up to vote for reproductive right. rights, 
I, I fear that our California young people, and it's a little, you know, hard for me to say everybody under the age of 50 is somehow young, <laughs> but, but in voting, it's yeah. really stark that they allowed 50 year olds and older to make the decisions for our yes. state. Yes, 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 for sure, for sure. And I, ha- you know, because of COVID, I haven't had a lot of chance to uh, to speak to young people, but I did speak to some high school classes about voting and the importance of voting. And one of that was one of the things we tried to raise up for them. Uh, you know, what are the issues your grandparents talk about? What are the issues important to you? Who's yeah. going to decide? Who's going to decide? And, you know, are you going to let people who, who have a whole different set of priorities and values determine the future of your country, of your future? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, and our, I mean, our, our votes, our votes in this state matter uh, because, you know, uh, because they're competitive districts, uh, especially think about the House of Representatives. Yes. Uh, the, there's 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 districts, uh, you know, CA 45 and, and CA 47, yeah. uh, 49. I mean, all these districts, all of them uh, are very competitive, very and, competitive. And, you know, even outside of our outside of Orange County, there's some competitive ones. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, even if your votes aren't, if your district isn't competitive, uh, your vote matters because elected representatives still look at the, the, the margins. And, you know, the thing that bugs me or the thing that scares me is the House will vote to elect the next speaker. And right. and if if Kevin McCarthy, the, the, the current Republican minority leader, suddenly becomes the majority leader, uh, he's never had the courage to stand up to or been interested in standing up to Trump or the MAGA element in his party. And I I personally don't think our national interests are furthered if if he's the speaker. Think of it, the third in line for presidential succession. And that's if um that that's if they choose Kevin McCarthy. That's right. Who knows? Because there's a there's a loophole that we should have fixed, and by we I mean Congress, um that you do not have to be elected to the House of Representatives to be chosen as the Speaker of the House. Wow. I, I didn't even know that. So Donald Trump could be chosen as the Speaker of the House. <laughs> and then the January 6th insurrectionists who aren't in jail could absolutely have political assassinations to elevate Donald Trump as president in January 2023. Wow. That is how serious this election is in November. And I don't see people understand the urgency. I don't think they understand that this is not a normal election cycle. Um, But we could be looking at the last election of our republic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people, you say that and people kind of say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You you have to heed the warnings. The coyotes could jump over the wall. Correct. And, and you know, I think if, if we can all remember the horror that everyone felt on January 6th, yeah. watching our Capitol building yeah. be infiltrated yeah. um, and Capitol Police, who were killed that day, protecting sure. our seat of democracy, it is not hyperbolic. It is not an exaggeration to say this election is the most important in our nation's history. Yeah. And the idea that people are not paying attention and not concerned really does 
concern me greatly. It makes me very, very worried. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, me too. And I, you know, I guess that's one of the reasons I, I agreed to speak today because. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so how can how can my listeners, how can people um, become informed so they can so they can cast a, a vote for democracy rather than, you know, our, our normal elections are candidate based, you're vote, voting for a candidate or against a candidate. And, and there yeah. is a larger issue at stake in this election. So yeah. how can people become yeah. more informed? Well, uh, you know, I think you have to you have to look beyond the, the label, the name. You have to look at positions. You have to look at, uh, you know, what what prior votes ha- have been. Uh, first of all, you need to you need to figure out who who your congressman uh, will be, uh, who's who's running. Uh, and there's been a redistricting process. So people will have to um, uh, they'll have to be careful. They'll they'll need to look online. And well, and if you get your ballots, uh, you know, you'll see that it'll be listing who your uh, candidates names will be. Uh, you can also look up your district online. Uh, I think calmatters.org has an excellent web tool. And um, you can't use, just just an FYI, don't use the House of Representatives website uh, because it refers to the, the to the districts that are in place now that won't be in place come January. So yeah. don't use that one. Yeah. Um, most, most people will see a, a, a representative on their ballot that they've are not currently represented by because all the districts have shifted. Right, right. So it's going to be a little complicated, but not that, you know, you, you can, yeah. you can check and this out. And the League out. of Women Voters has a great tool called Voters Edge, cavotes.com, you can go to. Okay. Um, also, you know, if if you're one of your candidates is an incumbent, you can go to, uh, I think it's ballotpedia.org. Yes. Uh, to find their votes on critical issues and check it out. Where did they vote on impeachment? Where mm-hmm. did they vote on voting and personal rights? Um you know, there's a Democrat uh, democracy scorecard you can check out. I think that's important. Um, there's a if the incumbent is a Republican, you can um, you can go to the GOP democracy scorecard uh, from the Republican Accountability Project, and it tracks Republican uh, Congress members' votes on key democracy issues, uh, including whether they denied the results of the 2020 election. Uh-huh. Uh, whether they voted to set up the January 6th committee, how they voted on Trump's impeachment. Um, and I think it's important to note just because a Republican candidate is new in your area, that doesn't mean they weren't incumbent in another district. So that's, yeah, yeah that's important to check. For example, uh, uh, is it Mich- Michelle Steele? Uh-huh. Uh, she currently represents coastal Orange County, but she's running against uh, uh, Jay Chen. Yes. We represent District 45 in North and Central Orange County and Southeast LA County. There's uh, Republican Young Kim. Uh, she represents North Orange County. She's now running against Democrat Asif Mahmood to represent District 40 uh, in Inland and Southern uh, Orange County. Now, both of these uh, Republican incumbent positions on issues related to Trump and MAGA and our democracy, they're matters of public record. I would encourage people to check it out. Say, what what are these people, how do these people vote on these issues? Huh? Right. And right. you can go to their websites and read their positions. Um, and I think find, you, you can educate yourself about threats to our democracy Yeah. Uh, at sites that like uh, protectdemocracy.org. Uh, the Brennan Center is another place you can check out some things. 
So I, I, you need to educate yourself. You need to. Yeah. And, and, and the accountability website is great. We're going to put the link in the show notes, but you know, Michelle Steele voted against impeachment. She voted against the conviction for Donald Trump inciting an erection, uh, insurrection. She voted against creating an independent commission to investigate the January right. 6th attack. She voted against holding Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress. Um, you know, so right. th- those are those are clear. Sure. Um, she missed the Electoral College certification vote because uh, I, I believe she had COVID. She tested positive for COVID. Uh, so she's not on record for that. And she's been rather evasive when asked. Um, she hasn't shown up for candidate forums to, to answer questions. Uh, you know, the League of Women Voters invited everyone on the ballot to candidate forums and Michelle Steele and Young Kim refused to attend. And, you know, obviously we can't hold a forum with just one person. A number of other organizations have done that. And, and so just from that perspective of you have to be accountable to your constituents. Yes, 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 yes. If you're not show, if you're not willing to sit down and talk, what does that say? What does yes. that say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think all of that research is really good. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think the other thing is for for my Republican friends who cannot cast a ballot for a Democrat, um, you can leave it blank. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Um, and, I, and I know a lot of a lot of my friends uh, in, in Orange County left it, it blank or wrote in somebody else for president in 2016. They couldn't vote for Donald Trump, but they weren't going to vote for a Democrat. And and we saw the effect of that. Yeah. Um, yeah that yeah. Orange County in, in 2016 voted for a Democrat for the first time since 1936. And you know, I was I was proud of, of Republicans in Orange County for not supporting Trump, for understanding the danger yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh you know, I don't know if you you probably are aware of the, that quote from Max Boot, a conservative columnist, uh, you know, former John McCain advisor. He's written for The Wall Street Journal and Commentary Magazine. He says, I have no faith that we will remain a democracy if Republicans win power. Thus, although I'm not a Democrat, I will continue to vote exclusively for Democrats, as I have done in every election since 2016, until the GOP ceases to pose an existential threat to our freedom. And, you know, uh, I mean, I think Liz Cheney, um, Liz Cheney puts it so well. She said, um, uh, MAGA Republicans and Republicans who won't stand up to them are too dangerous to be entrusted with power. Yes. This is, you know, and Liz Cheney, I don't agree with a lot of her positions, but she's a person of integrity who sees the danger, I think. I think it's yeah, and 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 we've seen that we we've seen the the Republicans who have stood up to Trump and and then been defeated by Republican voters, and it's disappointing yeah. to see um, that that there isn't a level of respect yeah. for yeah. their you know clear protection of the Constitution and our Republic um, against yeah. the the ill intent of of Trump and and his followers yeah yeah you know have done that so i really appreciate you spending some time and talking about this really crucial election any final words things you want to leave us with uh well i would you know i think the president's call for americans to uh, come together unite behind a single purpose defending our democracy regardless of your ideology i think that's that's what i would say uh 
uh, uh, by President Biden said, speak up, speak out, get engaged and vote and vote and vote. Um, I think that's a, that's the crucial thing. Thanks yeah, for absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you very much. So as always, thanks for listening. I couldn't do this podcast without you. A special shout out to my favorite listener, my mom, Peggy Jenkin, who listens to this podcast, even though she lives in Turlock, California and doesn't get to vote for 90, 95% of the people I talk to. Um, my executive producer, Ann Watka, who spent years talking me into this. Uh, a huge thanks to the producing team who makes this possible, Jackson Henry and Tisa Valiola. Um, if you haven't listened to Observing Fullerton, you know what to do next. Subscribe and listen to all their past episodes. As part of the Fullerton Observer, uh, the podcast team, Arujan Veed, Arian Meza, Bianca Bravo, and our own Jackson Henry, keep you informed about the, uh, the Fullerton community with their podcast. So give them a listen. They've got a great show. Thanks. Talk to you soon.